Hi, Jamie. How's it going? Hey, JD. I'm well in yourself. Good, good, man. Thanks so much for making time today just to have a quick chat about social media and also just to answer a couple of questions that either I have or some we've what questions that we've basically picked up. So I think without further ado, let's let's kick off with it. Um, first one is a bit of a personal question. I think some people do want to get to know you as uh, the, the, the face behind uh, the face behind the name. So, I mean, how long have you been involved with social media for? I've been enjoying social media management environment for just over a year. And I've been posting ad hoc for many, many years, but I've been enjoying it with Sterling for, for the past year. And I mean, I love it. It's one of my passions. Cool, 100%. And uh, what would you say are the main things that people would use social media for? Um, these are both uh, sort of people like you and me and businesses. I think the two main things would be to build your brand and find leads. Uh, you know, for startup companies, you need to look at putting out funnels and things like that on social media, not just funnels, but also your content and things like that on social media, because you want to build your brand. You want people to start getting to know who you are. You want them to know your vision, your mission, your values, everything like that. Um, but look, the bigger companies also still use funnels like Woolworths. If you want to order online, you can pay checkers, you order online. If you have to put in your credit card details, those are all funnels. And look, the smaller companies' funnels might not be as luxurious as the bigger companies' funnels, but this is why you're putting out the funnels. This is why you're putting out the content because you want to eventually get to that level. I mean, you need to define your, your reach. You need to define your process. And this is also, it would depend on how deep your pockets is, you know. If you're willing to spend a bit on your social media management, on your funnels, on things like that, then you'll get bigger growth. A funnel is kind of like the F word for, for people who are totally afraid of using them. So you kind of need to look into that. But brand and business development and finding leads. Okay, perfect. So that's from a business point of view. So I mean, how long would you say on average it would take to start to, to see results if you actually did follow this paid approach? So listen, this question is a complete double-edged sword. Your results are completely goal-driven. If I had to give someone a guesstimate, I mean, if a client had to ask me and they were very adamant that they want an answer, I'd tell them about three to six months, you need to find your feet, you need to build your base, and you need to see what works for you. Choose your campaigns. Uh, if something is not working, change it around. It takes about three to six months to find your footing and start seeing your ROI. Okay, cool, 100%. So um, we chatted a little bit, well, you chatted a little bit about funnels and whatnot, but you know, trying to get people to, well, to funnel them through. So once you provide value in order to capture the person's contact details, you know, what would you say is better to, to actually get the funnel to work? Is it running an organic approach? Is it like uh, trying to get people organically to come to that funnel? Or is it running a paid approach the only way that one can actually do it? So this is also... Another goal-driven question. Uh, so we at Sterling did a bit of a, of we had a bit of a research moment where we decided, okay, we're going to do everything organically for six months and see how that works. I mean, in six months' time, we built up our uh, SEO, which is fantastic. We went from page 42 or 43, something odd like that, to page one. 
uh, on the SEO, which is a good thing. I keep mentioning SEO on the, because you on the want, website, on Google. Yeah, on the website. <laughs> you want a good SEO because the better your SEO, the more people will see you. So we ran everything organically for six months. We had three posts a week. This included blogs. It included webinars. And like I said, it took about six months for us to get to the point where we wanted to get. Now, I mean, if we had to go the paid route, it would have taken us much less time. I mean, I would say it would probably have taken us two to three months if you have to take in the finding your footing aspect of the whole process. So it would have taken about half of the time off. So this would depend what your goals is. If you're a smaller company and you simply can't afford large spending on boosting, then go the organic and obviously the traffic go, would also be higher to the websites as well. Yeah. Because of your SEO rankings going up. But I mean, if you're a smaller company and you can't afford boosting or whatever the fact may be, then go to, go to the organic route. But you need to then understand that this is going to take much, much longer than what a paid route would go. And in all honesty, paid advertising isn't as if you have something small, a very small company, one product, one service, it's not as expensive as it would sound, as it would seem. Okay, cool, 100%. So, I mean, earlier you were chatting about blogs and webinars and posting that. I mean, like, how do you actually make sense of it in your mind? Like, how do you structure it all together in a quote-unquote calendar um, to know what to post, when to post, how to post, you know, all, all of those kind of questions? So, what I do, what I like to do personally is create a calendar six months in advance. So, I choose my, my, my campaigns for the six months. I like taking monthly campaigns. You can take you use a six-month campaign. The reason why I like using monthly campaigns is because if you have a monthly campaign in that month, you can see what works and what doesn't work, and you can, can apply what doesn't or what does work to the next campaign. So a six-month campaign, you can still do tweaks in a six-month campaign, but the campaign is there. It's started. You, you're, you're stuck with it. Mm. So if you create your little campaigns, you... Once you've cho chosen your campaigns, like for instance, if you're a lawyer and you've got 10 services that you offer, then we take that 10 services, we take the six biggest services like litigation or whatever, we then create a campaign for the next six months or six campaigns for the next six months. So litigation would be the first month and so on and so forth. And we just keep tweaking it until we find whatever works. Uh, the six-month calendar doesn't mean you're stuck with six months. It just means that if you hit the proverbial wall for your creative juices, that you've got it there. You can go work off of that. I mean, you're not going to post your six months in advance uh, straight away, even though you can schedule it. You're going to okay. have it there. You're going to look at it daily, and you're going to post so, from so that So basically calendar. what you're saying is like it's a big-picture approach where you look, at, uh, yes. uh, you look at the big picture, and then you break it down granular as you go per post. So that you make sure that everything talks to the bigger theme. So as you grow uh, from month to month, you start talking about something new, and exactly. essentially the evolution of the the company and what you're trying to achieve can also be seen there. And obviously, that's also going to talk to your results and your views that you you're starting to see, as well. Exactly. And I mean, mm. if you if you put out a little video in the first post, that's or the first month, that's maybe not a webinar or whatever. And you see, wow, this webinar or this little video really worked. Then you know, okay, let's find a place to put it in in the next month. Mm. You know, you 
you plan it out for six months, but you have to make room for change and tweaks as you go along. Okay. Now talking about posting, um, when would you say is like the best time and the best days to actually post in order to get the, the best results? So I'm talking now as a business owner, I don't know what days and what times to post. What, ta- what, what advice can you give me from your side so that I know that I can get the most essentially bang for my buck? Okay, so this is actually a really good question, and it's a question I hear quite often. Posting would completely be dependent on your client's avatar. So if you have people that's older and they would probably have a full daytime job, but these older people are the people that, let's say you're selling a spatula, okay, and you want it for, you want the woman to buy the spatula for you. The woman cook in the house, so they need to buy the spatula from you. When are they going to be looking at this? Also, they've got a full-time job, so they're going to be working from 8 to 5. So they'd probably be on social media before 8 in the morning or after 5 at night. But let's say this woman is only on social media Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 5 o'clock, then this would be your best time to post. My favorite days to post is Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I generally post between 8 and 10 in the morning and between 2 and about 6 in the afternoon because this is when I know my target audience is looking at my posts and wanting to engage with my posts. And how did you find those times were the best? Finding my ideal client's avatar, creating my Jane Doe, you know, finding out who she is and honing her in. Looking at and how much testing went into to to try and figure out those are the best times to get the best results. How how long did it find you to get your to find your feet essentially? Since we went through the whole organic process, it took about six months for us to find okay. who we wanted to target. I mean, we when we just started posting, we had this fantastic client's avatar in mind, and after a while, we were like, okay, no, wait, wait. This, this avatar is not going to work for us. These clients aren't going to work for us because as you have to fit in with your client, but your client also has to fit in for you. I mean, this mm. is essentially a partnership, a relationship that you're building. So mm. if you just can't get along with this person, then it's going to be difficult to work with them and you're going to clash. So, I mean, we were punting a certain client's avatar for quite a while and then we were like, wait, no, this is not working for us. If we keep on clashing with these clients. So... You know, we, now we're looking for certain people that also fits with us. People who will go, you know what, I'm excited about digital marketing. I want to do digital marketing. I want to be involved in the process. I want to see my company grow. And so eventually when we got to that realization and we were like, okay, so we no longer want to go for John Doe. We want to go for Jane Doe. You know, things started looking up from there. But I would okay. say about six months. Okay, perfect. And with regards to posting and uh, your employees, should should like someone that is a business owner be be perturbed about your what your employees are posting or monitor them? This is another this is another double edged sword question because if you're if you've got a board member um, that everyone knows this is the face of your company, or even if you've got a person that works for you that's the face of your company that isn't maybe a board member they've been there a long time they've got a higher seniority level in your company uh let's take a teacher for instance she works at a school or he works at a school it's fantastic they do a fantastic job they're brilliant 
and then on their social media. And I mean, they're, they're the face of that school. Every single teacher is the face of that school. And then they go and badmouth either education or the school. It's not a good thing. It can damage your reputation. So if you've got a, a cleaner, for instance, that works at the company and she posts something, odds of that actually coming to the company and hurting your reputation, it's not very high. So it's not something you should be bothered or perturbed about. But if you've got a person of a higher seniority level or a face of the company, then they should be a little bit more, uh, what's the word, JD? I'm, I'm tongue-tied. They should be a little bit more worried or careful of what they post. I mean, I take myself, for instance, I am the face of Sterling, so, and all my clients has got me on WhatsApp. I work on WhatsApp daily. Um, so I'm not going to go and put something very personal on my status. I'm not going to air out my dirty laundry on my status or badmouth any marketing company or ourselves on my status because my clients will see it. And it's very unprofessional. So, yeah, you don't have to worry about what they're posting if they go on vacation and they put a pretty bikini on and they post on a selfie. But also they need to be mindful of badmouthing the industry or the company they work for. Mm, 100%. Um, and... There's one thing I need to add with this. On, yeah. on your postings, right, it's such a brilliant thing to thank your employees for their hard work, uh, compliment them on their or congratulate them on their achievements and say happy birthday. It just shows people that is not your employees that you as a company is also a person and that you're capable of feeling and it invokes the emotion in people that you want to invoke. And with that, you might just get a bit more leads on a birthday post. And I assume that's what you've, uh, you've, you've seen. I have. I have. I, I have another company that they love the birthday posts. We post the birthday posts. And believe it or not, we get the most viewing on birthday posts. Yeah. Yeah, because people like to feel special. And also talks about the they culture. Yeah, talks about They'll the start, culture of the business and everything together. Exactly. And those employees mm. will start uh, sharing your content that you've created. And I mean, that's the, one of the best ways to share is with your employees mm. actually sharing it and their friends sharing it. And yeah. Mm, 100%. Um, so I, I do have one question. Like, I know if you have to compare the Facebook that I logged into in 2010 to the Facebook that I have now, I mean, it's completely polar opposites. There's like, it, it's, it's, it's got the same name. Well, technically it's not got the same name because they changed it over to, to Meta. Uh, well, the holding company is now Meta. But um, I mean, how do you keep up with these changes that are constantly happening day in and day out? I mean, they've got teams of hundreds of people that are constantly pumping out new ideas, trying new things. I mean, how do you stay abreast as a social media um, a sort of social media expert, knowing that all these things are constantly changing? I mean, how do you not get overwhelmed? Well, two things. First of all, Google Alerts, right? If anything new happens in the, in the industry, I get a Google Alert. And I love reading articles. I'll then obviously do a bit of a experiment with the article. And I'll see if, if the item that they're talking about would work for Sterling. And if it works for Sterling, then I'll implement it with my clients. And if it doesn't work for Sterling, then I'll go, okay, scratch that. Let's move on to the next thing. And number two is the fun part of it is networking. So I've got a bunch of marketer friends that, I mean, we love going out and bouncing ideas off of each other and talking about the industry changes and 
you know, just helping each other out. I mean, if they've heard of something that I maybe haven't heard of, because even with Google Alerts, something might slip through the cracks. You know, we'd bounce ideas off of each other and tell each other about uh, the industry. It, it would be like just talking about your day, but with a bunch of people that is in the same industry, which obviously helps you uh, in that industry yourself. So networking and Google Alerts, that would be the best way to go about it. 100%. And as an expert as well, uh, when it comes to your posting, what do you focus on? Is it the amount of quantity of posts that you can get out per day or per month? Or is it focus on like one or two quality posts per month? Where would you say you sit on that spectrum? So honestly, I prefer quantity of quality. Uh, you could put out a post every single day and it won't get you anywhere because maybe you're not putting enough value in it or you're putting it out to the wrong target audience or the wrong and post on platforms. the wrong side. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. But if you put out maybe one post a week and it's got a tremendous amount of value and, uh, you know, you're, you're showing people, oh, wow, this is a product that you definitely need or a service that you definitely need in your, in your life and you put out one post a week, you might be getting tons more leads than this person putting out one post a day. So quantity or quality, honestly. Okay, 100%. And um, when it comes to running paid advertising campaigns, let's say, what would you propose to someone that is, let's say hypothetically, I have just started up a solo company, there is two employees, uh, accounts and installer, and um, I want to go and see if I can start to get some leads. What would you propose from your side is where I should, what, what I should use as my base, where I should start? and what the steps should be after that in order to, to make sure that I can grow and evolve and I'll constantly strive, strive to get better and better. Okay, so a tricky one also, I would say that after about a 15K spend, you'll definitely see your ROI. Uh, you wanna get to a point where you understand the average cost per acquisition. So therefore, if you spend about 30K, you'll see that you'll need to see that at least 30 clients of 1k are coming in uh you can you can so it's like it's it's, cli yeah. it's client and product slash service specific so like some exactly. people you know so, some people like a, a financial advisor that lands a 10 million rand client will earn 100 grand let's say once off where um someone else is selling a product for 100 bucks but their margins are quite high etc yeah so you, you basically break it up like that exactly I mean, okay. you can spend a bit less. I mean, if you're just starting out now, I mean, if you're starting off with a solar company, solar is quite expensive. So I would think that your budget would be a little bit bigger than maybe a sandwich shop on the corner. You know what I mean? So you could, if you were the sandwich shop on the corner and you just started, you could have a smaller budget. But you also have to remember that your budget can't remain that small. You need to look at getting bigger and getting higher and then eventually getting to at least that 15k expenditure because that 15k expenditure we've seen is definitely the sweet spot when it comes to paid advertising okay 100 percent. and when it comes to platforms what would you say is the best for for someone that is looking to grow their business where would they start or what what should platform should they use essentially so this is another one that your ideal client's avatar is exceptionally important at. I mean, like I've mentioned my Jane Doe, uh, Sterling's Jane Doe. We know that, for instance, she is in her late 30s. 
Oji, but Jane Doe. She's in her late 30s. Uh, she is a business owner. She likes documentaries. She likes reading Stephen King books. Um, you know, she likes getting her nails done. She also likes hikes and she loves her dogs. And, you know, so we know our ideal client's avatar. I mean, this person doesn't actually exist, but I can see her when I close my eyes. I know who she is. So because I know that she likes documentaries, I'll go, okay, so if she had time to spend on social media, she enjoys documentaries, where would she be? She'd probably be on Facebook because you get all those groups that will talk about different documentaries that'll support Stephen King, uh, you know, uh, Stephen King um, fans, you know, so there she'll be on Facebook because of that. Um, but because she's also a business owner, she'd be on LinkedIn because that's where she's going to recruit uh, employees that's where she's gonna put out any sort of um, you know new ideas that her business is going any sort of um, professional stuff that's where she'll put it out on but because she also likes hikes and she loves her dogs she probably hikes with her dog she probably takes a bunch of selfies and so she probably has Instagram also so because I know my ideal clients avatar I know where to go and find her uh, so that's very important Okay, cool, hundred percent. And um, when you when you talk about now that you found the person and whatnot, I mean, there's obviously a lot of different platforms that you can use. You can use Facebook, you can use LinkedIn, you can use Twitter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, would you use the same posts across all the platforms, or will you change each day a different post on a different platform? Or, or what, in your mind's eye, if you had to really dumb it down and simplify it? Um, what would you what would you suggest you know using the same content across all platforms or just chopping and changing it or a complete different idea for for a complete different platform well this is where omnichannel comes in uh, it's the same you can use the same content but preferably you should put it out on a different format so for instance twi twitter twitter users likes clicking links and short form content like blogs short blogs and they also like gifs uh, Twitter people, people on Twitter likes little funny GIFs and things like that. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram likes infographics and long form blogs and short little uh, like reels and things like that, videos. And then YouTube, you've got your uh, long form videos and your short form videos. So if you, let's say, for instance, I wanted to say, hi, my name is Jamie and I wanted to write a whole blog about me, I would on Twitter, create my blog, put the link there. And, um, but it'll have to be a short form little blog, a short form, form little biography, and maybe put a little funny gift there about myself. Um, and link, link, link it to the longer form one on the website, link, yeah, like your to, to the, the blog, blog that you wrote. Exactly. Okay. You want everyone to go back to your website. Whereas on Facebook, I'd put the entire blog there, um, with a little infographic about what the blog says. And maybe a little video, you can word what is in the blog. Maybe, you know, when, when someone writes, a novelist writes a new book and they go do readings, maybe a little reading on video okay. uh, regarding this blog. And the same on YouTube, obviously, you'd have to put the video out there, whether you take little snippets of the videos, put it in your reels, but then link it back to your original video that you put out there. Okay, cool, 100%. And when you're doing all of this, how do you know that what you're posting is actually a success? How do you know that this campaign that you're running is actually working? Simple answer. Uh, 
it's going to sound a bit vague, but simple answer is what was your goals? If your goals was you wanted 10 clients in a month and you've now gotten those 10 clients, then you know your campaign is working. Uh, yet again, it, has, it does take a while for you to get your footing and find what your sweet spot is. Just always remember that if your sweet spot is this, in six months' time, that not, might not be your sweet spots anymore because things change so often. So if you reach your goals every single month, then you know your campaign is working. But if you're not reaching your goals, that doesn't necessarily mean your campaign is not working. It might mean that you need to tweak your campaign a bit to make it work for you because maybe something you are saying isn't coming across or maybe your product isn't put out there properly or whatever. Some tweaks needs to be done in order for your campaign to work. Okay, perfect, 100%. I think that's pretty much all the questions that I have uh, from my side. So thank you very much for, for making the time today. And then, um, yeah, I'll chat to you in the new week. It was such a pleasure, JD. Thank you so much for this interview. Cool. All right. Thanks. Just have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.